podcast people and welcome to What's New Around the Barn, a podcast dedicated to all things horsey. In today's episode, we will be discussing some major life changes that have occurred over the past couple months for me. Um, So if you're interested in hearing about what's been going on, just stay tuned. Hey guys, I'm popping in here after recording the episode. Uh, I realized that I do need to preface this um, because there is a lot of emotions in this episode. So I do want to offer a trigger warning for um, a pretty distressing situation for animal death, um, for just a lot of really strong emotions. If you're not in a place where you can feel a lot of strong emotions with someone else, if you can't hear a very like um, distressing story. Skip this episode. I don't want anyone to get set off by what I'm talking about today. And it is really a difficult topic. So you have been forewarned. I won't be upset if you can't stomach this episode. It is, it is a tough one. And, uh, I didn't realize how tough it was going to be until getting through it. So take care of yourself first. Um, but if you are an emotionally stable place, if you do want to kind of hear about what's been going on with me, uh, keep listening. So this episode is completely unscripted. I don't have anything in front of me. It's going to be pretty stream of conscious. There might be some pauses. I'll try and edit out some of the, um, really big pauses or, you know, periods of time where I'm not talking, but... Um, I didn't really feel like sitting down and writing it all out in a script today. Um, I am going to be, like I said before, talking about some really big changes that have happened in my life over the past couple months that I do need to share. And um, I'm not going to go super in-depth with some of it. I might save that for a different podcast episode. But um, I just kind of figured that I need to update my listeners about what's been going on. Um, Obviously, like, I'm pretty um, inconsistent, so, like, a big gap isn't that big of a surprise. But, um, yeah, I do just kind of want to talk about what's been been up. Um, Yeah, let's just get into it, I guess. So I'm going to start pretty far back at this point. Um, we're going to go back to April of this year. Um, so in April, Art and I were working on getting ready to go compete in some dressage tests. And, um, you know, all last year we'd been working on dressage and, um, we didn't do really much competing or anything. So this is going to be the, the big year for us. Like I wanted to go to, dressage championships like it was gonna be big like and then after this year um the plan was like he's going to retire and you know we're gonna call it like a fabulous you know end of end of career um before we were going to compete I wanted to have him ultrasounded by the vets and this ultrasound Um, was going to be for both of his hind legs. We were going to check his suspensory ligaments and see kind of where they're at. Um, 
for those who haven't heard or didn't know, um, Art had DSLD, um, which is essentially like his excuse me, his suspensory ligaments were breaking down. Um, and so before we went into competition season, you know, I wanted to make sure with the vets that he would be comfortable doing that. Art uh, was always a very stoic horse, so it it was hard to, you know, distinguish whether he was like actually in pain or you know, just, just being, you know, his normal self. Um, so vets came out, she ultrasounded both of his, um, hind legs and said that there are a lot of changes in his suspensories and she highly recommended not moving forward with competition. And, um, not only that, but she did actually say that his um, riding, like the amount of riding that we are doing, should be lessened and lightened um, just based on what she was seeing through the ultrasound. And I was there. I was looking and seeing everything, too. And, you know, she was kind of talking through, like, this is what, you know, a healthy suspensory ligament should look like and this is what his looks like. And so I, I could I could see what she was seeing, even if I didn't understand it the same way she did. Uh, and it was really clear that his suspensories were not at a point that would be okay for him to be working really hard. And especially doing dressage where like the goal is to really have him, you know, engaged and impul you know, have a lot of uh, impulsion and, you know, the combination of a week hind end and dressage just didn't make sense. So after that conversation, I knew that Art needed to be retired from just riding in general. Um, the vet did say that, you know, if he was having good days, he would be fine to be ridden. Um, but like I mentioned, he was a very stoic horse. And so it was really hard to tell when he was uncomfortable and when he wasn't. And so I knew that the best decision at that point would be to um, retire him. And just let him live the rest of his life, you know, however long that was going to be um, in a field. So I looked up a barn that was a lot closer to me. Um, they had pasture board. And I was like, hey, do you have an open spot? Um, I would like to bring my horse there to retire. And they did. So I set a date for Art to be moved to this new boarding barn. Um... Fast forward a couple weeks, and we are at June 9th and 10th, um, and on June 9th, I got some text messages from one of the trainers at the barn who said, um, Art's laying down and standing back up a lot, like he's, you know, showing some pretty serious colic signs. Can someone come out here and help? Because she was doing chores and she was by herself. Um, so I ended up going to the barn and, um, you know, walking him around, um, you know, hoping to encourage some movement, um, and eventually called the emergency vet and had them come out. Um, the emergency vets were unable to find any sort of impaction. Um, they didn't notice any like gas buildup or anything. Um, so they basically filled him full of electrolytes hoping that that would, you know, encourage, um, bowel movement. And so 
Um, we, you know, he had his banamine and everything and he was like relatively comfortable. So we put him in a stall and he was going to stay in that stall overnight. And we were, you know, no food, but he had plenty of water. Like we were going to monitor, make sure that he pooped, you know, make sure that he was feeling better. And if he was feeling better, um, he could eat again. And then, you know, by the afternoon on Saturday, he would be able to go back out as normal. Saturday morning rolls around and um, the barn owner checks on him. She says, hey, he pooped overnight. He, you know, seems to be feeling pretty good. And so I was like, that's really exciting news. Um, I went to the barn and just a little, a little side context. My mom had come down this weekend, um, just so we could hang out and do a bunch of stuff. Um, so she was with me. We were planning on going to the farmer's market that's pretty close by, but I said, you know, I want to check on Art first and see how he's doing. So we went to the barn I went in, I looked at Art, and he just was looking uncomfortable again. And, um, I, you know, I, I went to make some food for him. You know, his grain, um, you know, it basically is like a mash. You know, I threw it in a stall, and he loves, he loved his grain, right? He, it was a great, he loved it. So, uh, when he wasn't going for it and trying to eat it, I knew that there was a problem. So, pulled him back out, walked him a little bit. I called the emergency vet again, and, um, they were like, well, I had asked, like, hey, um, can I have a referral to Iowa State University, which is a pretty local vet clinic. Um, they're pretty well-renowned. They're a large animal clinic. Um, and... I just kind of, you know, we kind of collectively as, as the barn felt that that would be the best next step for him is to take him to Iowa State and see um, what they could do. So um, he stayed in the stall for a little bit while I dropped my mom back up. I, you know, I was figuring out some other things. Um, personal things, and then got back to the barn, walked him around. Um, Katie got to the barn, hooked up her trailer. We loaded him onto the trailer and then drove up to Iowa State, and that is about a 45-minute drive. I think it was closer to an hour with a truck and trailer. Um, got to Iowa State, and then um, we were kind of trying to figure out, like, <laughs> where... Where the horse goes, we went to the wrong side of the clinics. We had to drive all around. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But uh, disappointingly, he still hadn't pooped um, in the trailer. And that was kind of a fail-safe. Like, he doesn't like the trailer at all. It makes him very uncomfortable. And so, um, as weird as this sounds, we had hoped that by, you know, putting him on the trailer, like, it would kind of encourage a bowel movement. So, you know, whatever might have been stuck in there, like, would come out. Um, but he hadn't pooped. So, um, we walked him into the clinic. The vets were checking up on him, um, seeing what was going on. You know, just trying to figure it out. And so, um, once again, they really couldn't identify anything specific. There was no impaction 
Um, there was no gas buildup, but there were a couple other different tests that they had done that had kind of, um, like suspicious results. I don't know how else to say that. Like, I can't remember what it is that the, the test that they did, but it was like checking fluid, like checking their fluid like that. And they, you know, checked it under his stomach and, and the color of it was just not correct. Like it was kind of cloudy, if I'm remembering right. It's been a couple months at this point. Um, so they gave me three options at that point um, because they weren't specifically able to identify what was going on. So they said um, we can either perform surgery and open them up and see what we can find. It's going to be an exploratory surgery Um the second option was medical management, so providing him pain medication, you know, helping uh, kind of encourage whatever was happening to pass. Um, and then the option, the third option is, is just do nothing and, you know, just kind of monitor him. Um, I decided that surgery was not a good option for Arthur at this time. He um, was 21 at the time. He is a retired horse. The recovery period from that surgery was like three months just in a stall. And he hates stalls. He hates them. Um, he hates being stalled. So I just kind of felt that the surgery would not be a good option for him. Um, so I opted for medical management. And so, you know, we'd kind of made that decision. We left. He stayed there. Um, Katie and I, after walking out, had both talked and agreed that yes, um, the medical management was the best course of action. And then, um, I guess there wasn't really a whole lot else to do. So we went back home. Um, I went back home. My, my partner at the time was with me. Um, so we were hanging out for a while and around like 7.30 or 8 o'clock-ish, I was like, I haven't really heard anything about art, um, so I'm going to call them and see what's going on. So I called them, and they said, yeah, so he was responding really well, and then around 7.30-ish, so it must have been 8 o'clock or 8.30 when I called, around 7.30, like, he kind of stopped responding quite so well, um, and he's starting to kind of blow through medication at this point. And I'd asked um, if it was if we needed to say goodbye, if now was the time to come. And she said yes. Um, so I called Katie right away. I could not get a hold of her, so I called her parents. I let them know what was going on. I let them know that um, they needed to go pick Katie up. I did not want Katie driving on her own. So that they needed to go pick her up and then come up to Iowa State. Um, so we headed up to Iowa State. Um, we got there and I went back um, with my partner and with Katie and her parents um, to see Art. And it was very clear that things were not going well. I do apologize. I am going to get emotional moving forward. Um, if that's not something you're comfortable hearing, I'm not really sure what to tell you. 
this is an emotional situation and this is a very difficult thing to discuss. So um, you might want to <laughs> leave at this point. I honestly don't know what you're expecting getting this far in, but um, it's going to get really emotional. Um, so we all went in to see Art and knowing that he was essentially pumped full of medication. I mean, they were giving him everything they could to make him as comfortable as possible. You know, he had sedatives and everything and he just couldn't stop pacing in his stall. And it was so clear how uncomfortable he was. And I knew as soon as I saw him that it was going to be time to say goodbye. So we watched him for a little bit. They gave him um, some more sedatives so that he would stop pacing quite so much and we would be able to go into the stall with him. And so we did. And we were, you know, saying our goodbyes and, um, you know, just kind of taking in what the situation was. And then I finally stepped out and I went to the vet who was in charge and I let her know that um, we were ready for him to be put down. Uh, the vet did suggest that um, we not be there for the process because it can be pretty traumatizing to see everything occur um, just because sometimes when horses are given um, the medication that they are given to put them to sleep um, their bodies can still react um, you know maybe flinching or you know some sort of movement which can be incredibly traumatizing to the owner in that situation um, but Katie was pretty insistent that she did not want to leave and I did not want to leave so I let the vet know that uh, we were comfortable with staying. We understood what what we might see, but we were okay with that. Um, my partner and Katie's parents were escorted to the lobby. Um, they, I'm glad they did not watch. And then Katie and I stayed out of... We... We were out of the stall and we watched. I didn't know I'd be so upset talking about this. I've talked about it a number of times before. And I've lived through it a lot. So I'm surprised that this is so upsetting to talk about. But um, it is. So anyway, um. We were there and we stayed. He laid down and just seemed so at peace when he laid down. He just knew what was happening. Um, um, 
So anyway, he laid down. Um, there was a person right by his head. And they held his head um, in their lap. And the drugs were administered. And after, I, I'll be honest, I don't know how long. Um, the entire night felt like a million years. Um, but after a certain amount of time, they did give the okay that um, we could go in and say goodbye again. And they weren't kidding when they said that it could be very traumatizing to see your horse react after they had passed. Because as much as I knew he was gone, there were moments where his body would flinch, where it looked like he was breathing, and... I was so hopeful in that moment, even though I knew. <sighs> I was very hopeful, even though I knew that um, it was done. And there was um, nothing that, that could be done at that point. He was gone. And I don't know how long we stayed in there grieving, but it was... A pretty long time and then eventually um, I I just kind of had to say that I was leaving um, but leaving was so hard because I knew in that moment that, that that was it I would never see him again after that um, I'd stepped out of the stall for a little bit in between, you know, just kind of like understanding and, and grieving and in that exact moment, but uh, I stepped away and I talked to the vet and, you know, we discussed um, what, like, mementos, so mane and tail, his shoes, um, the halter and lead rope that I brought him there with. We, um, they told me that they were going to mail that to me. Um, they asked how I wanted his body disposed of, which sounds really, really, like, cold, but I mean, that it, that just is what it is. And, um, I wanted to have him cremated. So, anyway, um, we left. After a while, when I, 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 don't, I don't know how, I'll be honest, I don't know how I decided that it was time to leave. I don't know anything about anything <laughs> with that. Um, once, I had just kind of become numb, I guess, at that point. Um, anyway... So we left, and then I had to learn how to live without my best friend, and I've been doing that for um, three months, almost four months now, June, July, 
August, September, four months, almost five months. And um, I should have known how difficult grieving would be. And it still has been so hard. Um, it's, it's hard to, um, go on sometimes knowing that I lost my best friend. I had to put down my best friend. I had to make a decision about his life. And it was so sudden and so traumatic. Um, that's been a lot to deal with. And for the first three months, nearly four months um, after his, his death, I didn't go to the barn hardly ever. I, I think I rode like four times, like maybe once a month. Um, and I just, I couldn't go to the barn without crying because it was just a reminder that he was gone and nothing would be the same again. So that's, that's been my experience. Um, I just now realized that I should probably stick a trigger warning in the front of this episode so I might do that um but yeah it's I don't I I'm not gonna go super into like the grieving process and that kind of stuff right now I think that might be um better served as a different episode um because it's a very deep and hard conversation and this has already been a really deep and hard podcast episode but um I do kind of want to I think I want to keep that to something separate um anyway so that's 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 what's been going on with my life um now I am coming here with a positive update and that update is that I have a new lease horse that I will be working with for the next year. And her name is Elfie. And I will discuss her in a different podcast episode as well. Um, and you guys will find her on all of my social medias. I have been posting a lot about her lately. Um, she is the exact opposite of art and she is everything I told Katie I didn't want when you know we had casually discussed me finding another horse or finding Elise or something um I told Katie I want something tall I want something not gray and I want a gelding and she's a short gray mare but she's been really perfect for me and I'm excited for our journey um, but I would be lying if I didn't say that it still really hurts sometimes knowing that my journey is with a horse that is not Arthur. That's, that's hard. Um, but that just kind of is what it is. Life has been very difficult for me, but I'm, I'm pushing through and I'm finding a way through and I'm really hoping that Elfie will help to heal 
some of the hurt that I've been trying to deal with and um, help me move forward and grieve in a different way and in a positive way and, and continue to work through that grief. Um, but that is everything that I have for today. Everything I have for this episode, it's, I'm not going to edit it. You're already going to know that. I'm just going to post it as is. This is going to be a really difficult episode for me. Um, but I do just want to thank you all for listening. And if you made it this far, thank you for living those emotions with me again. I didn't realize that discussing the way that I did would be so hard. But um, it's it's kind of healing at the same time. You know, it's it's healing to let those feelings go. So... Thank you, and I will be back with a different episode, hopefully soon. Um, I always say, oh, I'll be back on regular schedule. I don't know if I will be. Um, Life is busy. (laughs) Life is always busy, but yeah, just thank you guys. Um, And I will talk to you again later. Bye.